So it is Wednesday, the 1st of June, 2022. Welcome to the £100 uh, special focus meeting on a Wednesday. Today, we are delighted to welcome Rebecca A as our speaker. Rebecca is from Leon C in the UK and came to OA at the start of the pandemic in March 2020. She found the solution in the big book of AA after years of struggling with food. She's grateful to be working the steps one day at a time and sharing some strength, experience and hope with us today. Take it away, Rebecca. Oh, thank you so much, Harriet, for your service. Um, I'm Rebecca A, uh, compulsive overeater. Really grateful to be here today and see your faces. Um, yeah, I, I'm filled with gratitude to be sharing at this meeting. Um, it's always such a warm meeting. And, um, and you know, I really love a speaker meeting. So <laughs> it's kind of like you, you've got to pay it forward. Um, and yeah, I'm just delighted today that my higher power made it so that I can um, have some experience, strength and hope to share. Um, and that is, for me, beyond belief. Um, yeah, just a quick glance at the clock <laughs> to know where I am. Um, so yeah, I, I came to OA, um, yeah, it, I guess it was just about two and a half years ago. and. Um, I was struggling. I was struggling a lot. I was 31 and my weight over my kind of 20s had just sort of slowly started ballooning. And, um, you know, to the point where like I did, I was out of ideas. I didn't know what to do. You know, um, I couldn't stay on any kind of regime long enough for it to work. Um, and like, you know, being early 30s, I, I should have been healthier and weller and more able to do things and I wasn't, you know, so it was some of that physical pain that brought me into these rooms. But I think also it was a lot of unmanageability just in the way that my life was. Um, so I, I was lucky enough to have a partner and a relationship, but it was very delicate and um, like living life on tent hooks, you know. Um, I had some friends, but like, you know, it's probably a nightmare to be around me because I was so wrapped up in what I understand now is selfishness, where things are all about me and how I'm perceived and what kind of people think of me and what I'm in control of and why aren't I in control of, you know, that kind of selfishness. Um, which was dogging my life and making it miserable and heavy and kind of lonely and separate and quite sad. I understand now having worked the steps that, you know, it's that sense of separation and loneliness and separation from this sense of being okay. Um, that was my big problem. That's my problem. Um, just before I got on the meeting, I just opened up the big book and I was like, okay, uh, what will I share on? <laughs> you know, what, what would be good to kind of look at? And at the beginning of the big book, I think it's page 45, um, and it's the beginning of the agnostics. It says, um, lack of power, that was our dilemma. We had to find a power by which we could live and it had to be a power greater than ourselves, obviously. But where and how were we to find this power? And that was my problem. Yeah. I didn't have the power to be the person I wanted to be in the world. And that pain was devastating. 
I lived a smaller life than maybe I, I could have, you know, and that was devastating. That led me always back into the food. Um, I wasn't physically well, and that was devastating. I didn't have the power to be physically well. I didn't have the power to not be binging my brains out. I didn't have the power to, you know, if I managed to yo-yo diet my way into a smaller body, it was not for long. It was for like a second, you know, and then I would lose that. Um, and towards the end, I wasn't even able to do that. I remember distinctly, um, my sister is two and a half years older than me. And we're really close. And um, she's getting married and I was her like main bridesmaid, uh, maid of honour. And, um, you know, and I just wanted to be well and I wanted to be present and I wanted to look good and I didn't want to let anybody down. So I was trying to kind of follow this scheme and follow this thing. And I just ballooned. The dress that I had kind of got and said, okay, this is what I'm going to wear, I didn't even fit into it. And um, coming into these rooms, I'd hear this kind of story time and time again, you know. Um, so I knew when I got here that I was home, <laughs> you know. I knew that people were like me. And to hear that people were like me, and now they were well, now they were peaceful. Now their relationships were calmer places, places you'd want to be. And now they were healthy in their body, you know, they were normal. Um, now, when summer comes round, um, they're not really like, oh my gosh, the summer, I've got to expose my body, I've got to wear different clothes, it's going to be awkward because I'm going to be all covered up and everyone's going to be showing flesh, or it's going to be sweaty because I was always just so sweaty. I'm still quite sweaty. <laughs> um, you know, rubbing between my legs, chafing, that kind of thing. Summer was a nightmare. And winter was as well, you know, finding things that were warm enough to cover me, you know, that was just kind of normal stuff, normal stuff. Um, but um, yeah, at the beginning of the pandemic, I guess, I realised that like um, being in a lockdown, you know, and having that kind of low level anxiety and sometimes quite high anxiety, um, being separated from people and just having the food, just being at home with the food, I knew I was staring down a barrel, <laughs> you know, and um, that was enough for me to kind of take action. I didn't know what the outcome was going to be. Um, I wasn't sure. Um, I wasn't sure, but kind of the alternative was looking pretty, pretty dire. Uh, luckily for me, I guess I did have a hope that it might work um, because my partner had been in another fellowship um, for several years. Um, but, you know, I, I'm such a slow learner that it took years for me to realise that, oh, maybe I could benefit from some of this. <laughs> you know, I saw it working in his life. Um, but like, you know, I was kind of, I took that stance of, oh, that's good for you. I'm glad that that works for you, you know. And I'm, But, you know, I'm well. And, you know, luckily things didn't get like that for me. Um, little did I realise that, you know, probably he's the long-suffering Al-Anon with me, you know. Um, but, yeah, you know, he found recovery through the big book. Um, so, yeah, I had a hope that maybe it might work. And, you know, the other night I was listening to an other speaker um, 
a great speaker in a way. And he was saying, you know, one of the reasons why it's so useful to kind of look at the big book for the steps and for recovery and to look towards like AA and things like that is because, I don't know, they made it okay to take my food seriously, my problem with food very seriously. If I thought about my problem with food, like a problem with drink or a problem with drugs, cocaine, you know, it's deadly serious. And so is this, this is deadly serious. Um, and the only reason why I was just obese and still functioning was just because I was young, <laughs> you know, but give it like 10 more years and it might not have been that way. You know, this is deadly and it's progressive. And even though I'm well today, because I've worked these steps and because I found access to a higher power, that doesn't necessarily mean that, um, you know, it's not fatal and that my disease hasn't progressed because it progresses every single day. Um, so yeah, I, I came in, I came into program and, uh, what I did was, um, yeah, I had, I heard people just like me, um, and I became willing to do whatever they did. And I started taking suggestions. I found a sponsor, um, someone willing to work with me. She was kind. She was gentle. She took time. Um, and we just worked the steps. We read the big book, we did step work together. Um, she helped me identify foods. I had to put those down. It was very, you know, very painful, you know. Um, like many people, I did cry when I realized the things I wasn't gonna have on my birthday, at Christmas, at different events. Um, it was very anxiety inducing to kind of think about what I'm gonna do in social situations or when I eat at a restaurant um, but the more step work I did and the more dependent on the higher power I became I realized that you know the alternative was um, death for me it was just to be unwell and to be sick and not grow um, so I had to just suck it up <laughs> I had to suck up the changes and it was painful um, but you know That's that Thank you. Thank you so much. That pain became um, less and less the more I got a kind of spiritual awakening. Um, yeah. Um, what else did I do? Yeah, I became teachable and I did what I was told, you know. Um, I think since being a kid, I've always resisted discipline, you know, just, yeah, <laughs> just normal. I'm a youngest of seven and, um, you know, I, I have an artistic temp temperament and I don't know, just discipline, that sucks. Coming in and working the steps is like kind of just reevaluating my relationship with discipline because yeah, these steps are hard, you know, um, however, they're so freeing and I wouldn't live a different way. I just wouldn't. <laughs> too dangerous, too scary, too alone, um, too kind of small. And now my life is big, you know, um, but yeah, so reassessing that relationship with discipline, um, because this has taught me how to kind of adult and kind of how to be kind to myself and how to have self-care. Um, when I talk about discipline, I mean like things like I get up an hour earlier than I used to every day, um, to do prayer and meditation, you know, um, and to kind of ground with my higher power. And that idea would really have 
kind of repels me before, but I know that like today is very nourishing, you know, and it's what I need to do. Or for instance, um, you know, doing service or reaching out to fellows, reaching out to newcomers, working with sponsees. Um, these are things that, you know, they're a must. And I would have repelled against anything I must do, you know, um, or things like planning my food, asking what's, hey, what's in this, <laughs> you know, uh, or traveling around with like cups or, you know, just being vigilant around my food. I would have found that really abhorrent. And um, today I know that that's a very kind thing for me to do because there's some things that I can't eat and I can't tolerate and that's okay. You know, it's just like, um, yeah, if I was allergic to peanuts, you know, um, but like my problem is that I really, really love peanuts <laughs> and I'm allergic to peanuts. I don't actually like peanuts, but just for an example, you know, um, but yeah. Okay. So what is life like for me today? Um, so yeah, since coming into the program, I, I tried to write down the numbers before, um, the meeting because I'm not very good at maths um but yeah like I've, I've lost about 100 pounds so that's like seven stone um my top weight was maybe about 250 pounds so maybe like 115 kilograms I don't know for sure because I didn't um I didn't like to weigh myself I didn't keep scales in the house I just couldn't you know um so I'm not that sure um, but something like that um and yeah, my kind of uh, kind of weight that I landed on and stayed at for uh, I I was that weight for about a year um, was about hundred pounds less than that. Um, at the moment, my weight is a little bit higher um, because I'm twenty two weeks pregnant, which is amazing. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, you know, physically, yeah, my higher power restored me to health and to kind of sanity um which was incredible you know and uh yeah I, I i didn't think it would happen and then it did you know um yeah and yeah my my life day-to-day -day life today is kind of where i work these steps throughout i try my best to do it i don't do it perfectly but i try and um, when i get up in the morning um that's the first prayer that i say you know God, I'm powerless. I'm powerless over food. I'm powerless over my weight. I'm powerless over my body image. I'm powerless over trying to control everything. Um, and yeah, my life has become unmanageable. I need you. I need help. Um, something really important that I had to do during the step work was, um, yeah, kind of also redefining the relationship with the higher power. Um, I knew that I thank you so much Jan I knew that I couldn't do this by myself um, so I had to find the power that would help me to do this um, and I had to drop things that weren't working I had to drop other people's conception of a higher power I had to get really deep into kind of well what do I need my higher power to be for me to do for me um, you know for some people it's principles for some people, it's like a kind of named deity, but like it kind of doesn't matter. It's just about what it is for me. And um, and today, 
with my step 11, I get to be like a kid in a candy store and I get to have a practice that is ever changing and evolving and nourishing and helps me to connect. Because like I said at the beginning, it's like this lack of connection that even though I came from quite a big family, I think I always felt alone. I think I always felt separate. And I think that that hunger is really the thing that like has been driving all of my unmanageability. Um, you know, so today to, to have that connection is the most, the most important thing in my life. Um, you know, as well as kind of being of maximum service. And um, it's not just in program, it's like to people in my life, it's in my job, um, it's in my community. And those things are scary because I'm an isolator and I'm scared of people, you know, um, and learning that sometimes being of service is allowing myself to be loved. Like coming to this program, um, I have so many friends and people who kind of consider me a friend. I didn't have that before. And it's hard to kind of, um, you know, that's hard for an isolator. But like, you know, learning to be a friend is a service. Uh, learning that things aren't always about you is a service. Um, learning that I'm a gift. Um, yeah, that, that, that's incredible. And that means I can be of service. Often um, I hear, and often with my sponsees, when they get to 12, they're really scared and nervous about service, you know. Um, but it's that realisation that, you know, I'm a gift and I'm worthy and I have something to share. Um, and that I don't have to be all up in my insecurities. I can be useful, you know, even if it's to just someone for a day or, you know, for a phone call or for five minutes of a phone call, you know, just whatever. Um, yeah, I could probably go on forever and ever <laughs> talking about different stuff. Um, but I did um, dig out the 11th step prayer. So I, I guess I'll close on that. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm grateful to be well today. And um, to the newcomer, I just say, just keep coming back and, uh, you know, that you're worthy of having recovery and you're worthy, just deeply worthy. Um, and that when you realise that and realise that all what we do to stay well is just because we're worthy of being well, we're worthy of being of use to our high power and use to each other, um, you will get well. And it's incredible. And not to be afraid of um, these steps in the big book, because it's just about how can we get access to power? Because we need it, right? Um, well, I need it. <laughs> I definitely need it. Okay. So, Lord, make me a channel of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is error, help me sow the truth. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. Lord, grant that I may seek rather to comfort than be comforted, to understand than to be understood, to love than to be loved. For it is by self-forgetting that one finds. It is by forgiveness that one is forgiven. And it is by dying that one awakens to eternal life. Thank you so much.
Oh, Rebecca, thank you so much for sharing the gift of yourself.